0: Hi everyone, Uh, Russell here. Uh, For those of you who've been following me for a while, you'll know I have a sort of mild obsession with food inflation. Um, uh, If if you're wondering why, please go back and look at the old posts. But, you know, the key issue with food inflation is that historically rising food prices have driven political change of one sort or another. Uh, And so when I see food prices going up, you know, I start to think that perhaps political change is coming. And I want to examine why that is happening and whether it's likely to continue. So, you know, when I originally looked at food inflation, it was driven by the observation that uh, Chinese pork prices were some six to seven times higher than U.S. prices. Uh, This is back in 2019. And this was driven by an outbreak of African swine flu. Um, Now, what we've seen recently is that Chinese pork prices have come back to sort of pre-African swine flu levels. So in some ways, that's sort of pointing towards more food deflation than food inflation. Also, when I look at things like fertilizer or uh, natural gas prices, which is sort of also related to fertilizer prices, uh, they have also come back, even though the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to this day. Um, So again, pointing more towards a sort of deflationary shock in uh, food prices rather than inflationary. and so you know, I try to take it a bit step further because when you look at when I, when you think about food, people eat different types of food, uh, at different price different price increases are going to have different effects on different people. So what I try to do is just isolate the f- effect of bread prices. Um, and so what I've been able to do is you can get U.S. white bread CPI. I, I really like this index because it goes way way back to like the 1910s. I haven't put it back in that far, Uh, but what we can do is compare it to the CRB food index, which is a sort of measure of uh, traded commodity food prices. And what we can see, and they're both on the same sort of axis here, is that when the CRB food index spikes, you get an increase in the uh, white bread CPI. Um, And then if it sort of stays at that level for a while, it sort of starts to flatline. So you can see we had a spike, in 20, you know, 2021 and uh, bread CPI has followed. And now you know, we can see that this sort of CRB food index has sort of come off a bit, it hasn't collapsed, but come off a bit. So again, you know, this is pointing more towards food deflation or disinflation, if you like. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of the food inflation arguments I have when I look at sort of pricing, market pricing in heavily traded commodities is starting to look weak. Um, and so that's sort of challenging that argument, but then, you know, I started to think, and this is sort of driven by, uh, a, a, an article in the Economist and they are talking about how, uh, rice yields and productivity in rice farming has dropped in recent years. Um, and I started to think, well, do you know what? I'm looking at Asian food inflation, I think if I'm thinking about Asia, Uh, and what's happening in China and whether that Chinese inflation will affect Japan in particular, perhaps I should be looking at rice rather than bread. Uh, So in the Western world, you know, you often say the bread line, uh, and that means the poverty line. Uh, And of course, in Asia, particularly in East Asia, it's more like, you know, uh, a bowl of rice. uh, And, you know, uh, Mao used to say the iron rice bowl, for example, uh, as a sort of gauging poverty and whether you have enough to eat. Uh, and so what you can see is sort of put in the economist infographic here, is that Asia and increasingly Africa and Latin America consume a lot more rice than we do in the West, in Europe and particularly in North America. So rice has actually become, you know, is um, probably for uh, the mass of humanity, um, a, a very important grain, more important sometimes than wheat perhaps. Um, So when we look at rice production, as you would expect, uh, Asia dominates, and particularly China and India, uh, so they're large rice consumers, and they have large populations, so they're by far the biggest producers of rice. However, on an export basis, uh, you really only have two countries that dominate, that's India and Thailand. Uh, Thai exports have come off a bit, while Indian uh, exports have surged in recent times. I don't really know why it is, but that's just how it is. Now, what is interesting is that we go when we go and look at the data on China, it has recently become the largest importer of rice. It was always sort of up there. And one thing about rice, it's far less traded than wheat or soy or corn. It's far less traded. A lot of rice production is consumed where it's produced. So the export market is relatively small. But China in recent years has become a big importer, uh, the biggest importer, in fact, And so this sort of suggests to me that, yes, China is coming up against the limits of what it can produce in rice and has started to uh, need to draw on the world market. And it must be slightly troubling for China that rice again, with rice, just like rice, India is the the key supplier, just like as in corn, the US is a key supplier. Uh, And, you know, these are sort of strategic competitors now it must concern them greatly that uh, their food supplies are increasingly reliant on uh, strategic competitors. And then when we start looking at rice prices again, now this is a market that is not as, uh, uh, as transparent, as clear as like maybe corn, wheat, or soy. You have lots of different rice prices, but what you can see is that over the last 12 months, unlike the other grains, rice prices have been grinding higher. So the food inflation, as far as rice is concerned, is still there, um, and what I think, why I think that is, is that if you've ever seen how rice is produced in pays, it's very labour intensive, and so you know rice production has to compete or does compete with manufacturing jobs. And if you've ever been to like somewhere like Japan, you often find like uh, uh, rice patties can coexist very closely to residential. Areas, that's because there's no real mechanized, there's not a lot of mechanization in rice production. You don't have huge combined fast uh, ha- harvesters or anything like that. A lot of it's still manual work. There are some machines out there, but it's still heavily manual. And so, what you can see is that, you know, rice, trying to promote rice production is going to compete with manufacturing. And so, the way I'm looking at it is if Chinese uh, manufacturing labor costs stay high, and they will, absent either a massive recession and/or currency devalu- devaluation, that should start to lead to upward pressure on other Asian nations for manufacturing wages, and this will of course add to more and more sort of uh, inflationary pressure in rice. And so, for me, you know, un- unless the U.S. succeeds in destroying the Chinese economic model or Chinese economy, you know, rice uh, food inflation, rice-driven food inflation looks here to stay. Now what does that mean, you know, so does that mean Asia is going to be the only, Asia and maybe Africa and Latin America, it's going to be the only parts of the world that suffer food inflation and that the Western world uh, is going to be fine? Well, I don't think so because the problems with rice does mean that uh, China, which is a big producer of wheat and corn, is going to have problems elsewhere because it's going to be trying to keep its rice production up while also trying to keep other production up Uh, and with limited resources, something's going to give. And what we can see is China has become the largest importer of wheat, um, uh, you know, and again is heavily reliant on Australia, uh, a country allied to the U.S. So this you, know, you can see all the problems uh, are leading back to food in food in China imply that they probably need to keep food prices higher to try and uh, attract more supply and and help actually promote domestic supply, uh, and so when you put it all together. Yes, you know, the traded commodities that we all look at, particularly in the Western world, are a point of food disinflation. But structurally, when I look at rice, uh, food inflation looks here to stay. And ultimately, that means that you know, the inflationary pressures for me are here to stay until and unless uh, the Chinese economy blows up or melts down. All right. Thanks for your time. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Ciao.